Hello, welcome to Thoughts from the Psalms, a series of meditations from the great hymn book of the Bible. I'm David Fryery. Psalms 113 to 118, known as the Egyptian Hallel Psalms. Psalm 114 When Israel went out from Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled, Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you flee, O Jordan, that you turn back? O mountains that you skip like rams, O hills like lambs? Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turns the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a spring of water. Last time we began looking at Psalm 114, the second of the six Egyptian Hallel Psalms, 113 to 118. These are praise psalms, and we've entitled this one the God of the Exodus. In that first programme we looked at the Passover and saw how it's a picture of God's redemptive work, his recreation, a new beginning in the promised land. But it also points forward to Jesus, whose death and resurrection were God's ultimate redemptive act, his new creation. Messianic Jews, that's to say completed Jews, those who have come to trust Jesus as a fulfilment of God sending his Messiah, his Deliverer, and so completing the story that began in the Old Testament, those Messianic Jews also celebrate Passover, and not just because it's part of their history and heritage. It's also because they see that the events of the Old Testament point to Jesus, and that Jesus was a fulfilment of the Passover. When Jesus died as the Passover lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, there became no need for further sacrifices, no need for the temple to be rebuilt. In fact, it is Jesus who is our temple, and we're united to him by our trusting in the work of Christ, uh, done for us a Calvary, a part of his body, the church. And so too, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. There is no salvation outside of Christ and his church. It's not that the church has replaced Israel, but rather it is the completion of Israel. As Gentile believers, we are grafted into Israel, but not grafted into the Jewish nation, the state of Israel, or any sector of Israeli society. We are grafted into the true spiritual Israel. As the historic nation of Israel was a new creation mirroring the original Genesis creation, even more so is the church God's ultimate new creation. The power of the fulfilment of the Passover is seen in the fact that our Passover lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, did not stay dead, but rose again after three days. The power of the cross is seen in this corollary, the resurrection. If Jesus had stayed dead, where would be the evidence that God had accepted the atoning sacrifice made by his dear son on our behalf? Old Testament Passover lambs had to be offered year after year because none of them was sufficient to secure salvation. 
they only pointed forward to the death of the precious Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, whose death and resurrection was a once and for all experience. There is now no further sacrifice required for sin. Paul speaks in Romans chapter 11 of us Gentile believers being grafted as wild olive shoots into the natural olive branches which are Israel. Not all the racial people of Israel, but those chosen by God and consequently putting their faith in Jesus the Messiah. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul demonstrates how it is as a result of the work of Jesus on the cross that Jewish and Gentile believers are made one, the dividing wall of hostility being broken down. And as he wrote to the Galatians in chapter 3 verse 28, we are now one in Christ Jesus. For there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Each Passover night, the Jews remember, reimagine and re-inhabit the Exodus story. But sadly, most of them don't understand or accept its fulfilment in Christ. Yet to believers in Jesus, whether Jew or Gentile, we truly and meaningfully re-inhabit the true implications of the Exodus every day of our Christian lives. The famous 19th century Baptist preacher C.H. Spurgeon saw spiritual significance in the combination of the start of the Exodus and the end of it. He said this, The division of the sea and the drying up of the river, that's the River Jordan, are placed together though 40 years intervened because they were the opening and closing scenes of one great event. We may thus unite by faith our birth and our departure out of the world into the promised inheritance. It is all one and the same deliverance, and a beginning ensures the end. So said Spurgeon. Spiritually speaking, we have crossed the Red Sea, we have left behind our old life with its slavery to sin, and one day we will cross our Jordan River as we enter heaven. One and the same deliverance, but now in the intervening years, we shall be applying the work of salvation to our everyday lives as Christians. We are not to be Sunday-only Christians. So in conclusion to the three points in these programmes on Psalm 114, looking at the Passover, looking back to creation, and looking forward to Jesus, we can say this. Psalm 114 is undoubtedly a praise psalm, even if in some regards it may not seem so. Interestingly, though many people describe this psalm as a liturgical piece, a kind of community hymn, and it would certainly fit in with the formal position accorded to it in the Passover meal, the psalm lacks any call to worship. Indeed, despite being a key psalm in the Egyptian Hallel, it actually lacks a hallelujah, though some people wonder if the one at the end of Psalm 113 was meant for the beginning of this one. Perhaps this hymn was prompted by the Hallel's opening exhortations of hallelujah in Psalm 113. So then, where does this leave us in terms of our praise to God? When and why should we praise God? Well, yes, at all times and for all things. I think we probably all acknowledge that fact. And yet, the danger in such a broad statement is that we may not be so sure how to action it. We need specific focal points for our worship. 
Otherwise, it may be like saying, as in relation to so many other things and so many aims in life, well, we haven't failed because we haven't missed the target, when in reality there was no target set up to miss. We are thus blind to our shortcomings. It's good and helpful to know some precise things for which to praise God. So in that case, what does our study in Psalm 114 suggest to us about worship? Well, here's a few ideas. We praise God for his creation of the world, of which you and I are a part. We can praise God for the birth and life of the Jewish nation. We might think, well, that's not directly relevant to me. I'm not Jewish. Yet the whole point of the redemption of the Jews in the Old Testament was that it was a type of a greater redemption to come. Jesus would have sung this psalm at the Passover meal, his final one, his last supper. He would then grant the people of God a greater deliverance than that of Israel coming out of Egypt. We have much to praise and thank him for in terms of our calling as Christians. Yet sometimes things don't always go as we would wish, but we are called to praise God for who he is and not just to thank him for what he's done for us. God's greatness is seen in more than the things he does for us individually. He is far greater than a total sum of all he has done or made. Quite simply, he is worthy, and our only response to that is to praise him accordingly. So, here in Psalm 114, the second of the six Egyptian Hallel Psalms, we see a strong emphasis on the Exodus, God delivering his people from slavery in Egypt, as recalled in the Passover celebration each year, and leading them to the promised land of Canaan. Yet from the Passover, we have looked back to creation and seen how Passover and Exodus speak of a new creation. But we've also looked forward to see how in Jesus Christ, the great redemptive act of the Old Testament, the Exodus, is brought to full realisation in Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world.
If you wish to discuss anything in this programme with me, David Friary, please contact me via our studio. Please join us next time for further thoughts from the Psalms.